Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So a lot of you listeners often ask what my background is, and if you tune in frequently to the podcast, I do talk about it. For those that don't know, I run a marketing company called Bash Solutions, which specializes in custom websites, content creation, and consulting based up here in cold and snowy Rochester, New York. With clients in the wrestling world alone, ranging from Cal Sanderson and Jordan Burroughs to the Nittany Line Wrestling Club and Helen Maroulis, we've been busy over the past decade proving why we're the best and earning trust all throughout the U.S., And we're not limited to wrestling by any means. We help businesses of all shapes and sizes from barbecue and butcher shops in Arizona like Snowflake Smokehouse to the largest Chevy dealership in the world right here in Rochester, New York, Bob Johnson, and everyone in between. Whether it's building a new custom website or implementing new digital strategies to streamline your business, Bash Solutions is trusted by businesses and brands across the country for a reason. You can learn more about Bash Solutions by visiting BashSolutions.com or head over to Facebook or Instagram Search Bash Solutions to see what we're up to. Hello, this is WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley, and if you want to catch up on the latest in amateur and Olympic wrestling, there's only one podcast to listen to. Subscribe to Bashamania, the Bashamania podcast, and have a nice day. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bashamania podcast. This is episode eighty-four, and today, associate head coach at Cornell, Mike Gray, joins the show. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen: Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Bashamania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bashamania. Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. And we are here with Mike Gray, who I was just talking to a friend of mine, Eric Siebert, national champ 20 years ago. And he goes, he was a high school phenom. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So super pumped to have this conversation. And I really started following wrestling when when your athletic career was winding down. So the majority of what I know about you is as a coach and what all my friends in Jersey, they don't stop talking about you. You're like revered, (laughs) you know? So I'm excited to kind of dive into your story, but I want to go right back to the beginning. What got you even started in wrestling? Uh, I mean, just, you know, blue collar family. My dad wrestled in high school. Um, you know, my grandfather wrestled. So, um, you know, they signed me up for a local PAL program, uh, in Denville, New Jersey. And, um, you know, it, it worked out well. Also, I had a lot of energy. Um, you know, I, had eight, eight, I had like ADD and stuff when I was a kid. Yep. So just the way I'm getting, you know, getting some energy out of me, um, you know, and, and it gave me, I mean, it's kind of funny because it kind of led me to develop focus, which is kind of funny, yeah. right? So you, just, you, have, you have a kid that, uh, you know, has ADD or whatever um, who, who lacks focus and you put them into, you know, um, a sport or an area. And, and they really excel and they enjoy it. So I think ultimately it goes to show you that you have to, uh, you know, you have to have interest and you have to be um, drawn into whatever you're doing, whether it be, um, you know, school or, you know, what, whatever field it is. I think that, you know, keeping the attention of, of kids is really important, you know, and that's and, what, when, yeah, when I'm teaching the- guys. The right. life lessons wrestling. I, mean, I, I was talking about in this podcast. I was a terrible wrestler, but the discipline it taught me, the focus it taught me, the just the life lessons that taught me are so valuable. But more than that, because for me, it, it panned out well with business and other areas where I'm extremely disciplined. I, I sacrifice a ton. Wrestling taught me that. Wrestling obviously taught you a lot more than that because you had a lot of success on the mat. 
especially all throughout high school, you saw such an incredible amount of success becoming the first four time state champion in Jersey, one of the toughest states in the country. First, what do you think led to all of your early success? Um, you know, I think just really a passion for it. Um, you know, I, I really, like, I love wrestling. Obviously it's my, yeah. my, my life, my life work. Um, you know, but when I was younger, I, I loved to, um, to compete, to challenge myself. Um, you know, I love the, the toughness aspect of it too. Um, I took pride in, you know, in, in working hard and, and um, you know, and, and probably just the example of my parents set for me, you know, my dad works for New Jersey natural gas, um, you know, the blue collar guy and my mom yeah. uh, took a, a small hospice that was, I think it had like, well, like 10 employees and was in Clifton, New Jersey and, and, and it ends up growing it to 35 or 36 wow. states and like thousands of employees. So, um, you know, I think more than anything, just seeing, seeing my parents working their butt off and, and sacrificing to, um, you know, to give me everything I wanted and, and to give, yeah. you know, me, myself, my, my, my brothers, um, anything they wanted, um, you know, athletically or just in life. So my big thing was, um, you know, maybe I was, kind of a, a thinker at a young age and, and really understood uh, the sacrifice, but I was just like, I, I don't want to waste, you know, any of their money, any of their time. You know, my dad would drive us an hour each way to practice uh, when, when we were, when we were younger for Pascal Gillis, which is, you know, up in like Bergen County. Um, so it's about an hour away from my hometown. Um, so, and that was the big thing too. Like, don't waste my time. Like if, yeah. if I'm taking here, like you're going to give maximum effort, you're going to work your butt off. Um, you know, you don't have to win, but you, you're going to fight your butt off. And if you don't do that, then we're going to have a problem. So, and what, what I mean? happened that where you continued, like you, you become a state champ and then it's always interesting to hear the perspective of once you have attained a level of success, I hear from a lot of guys, how hard it is to maintain that because now there's a target on your back. You, you talk yeah. about guys like Burroughs and, Dake and others on the senior level or, or even guys like Yanni at in college where it's like targets yeah. on your back. Everybody's watching you when you're having that much success. Did you feel a ton of pressure to maintain it? So for me, it was like, uh, when I was younger, like I said, and, you know, making sure I don't waste my parents' time and things like that. Um, obviously you want to succeed, but you don't really see the big picture, but as you get older, yeah. it starts to become your dream. Right. And, and it becomes your journey, I guess. Sure. Not to say your journey when you're younger, no, yeah. but like, you know, the little kids playing soccer and stuff, yeah. you know, the, the little, the little, uh, you know, four-year-olds i got my little boy right i'm gonna put him in soccer next year or whatever right it's yeah. just something that the parents are doing for the kids they give them an right. activity right so yeah <clears throat> once you get older once you get to you know your high school years yeah. you know it becomes your journey and you you, you understand what, why you're doing it and and uh you know what you want to get out of it most importantly you know, like what kind of what's your why why are you doing this what do you want to get out of this things like that um yeah. so for me and my dad did a really good job of this um you know just kind of pop in the bubble and never let my head get big. Um, so it was always, you know, trying to achieve greatness and, um, you know, never thinking that, you know, you're the biggest, uh, you know, fish in your pond or whatever, because I was a four time state champion and that's wonderful, but I didn't yeah. win Fargo every year. So my yeah. dad was just like, that's great. You know what I mean? But you didn't win Fargo this year. So you're not, <laughs> you're not the best. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just always, you know, giving me new challenges and, and knowing what buttons to push and, um, yeah. and really just, you know, whether it's, I don't know how people view it, but never satisfied, never being satisfied, right? There's yeah. always more, right? And then even when it was, you know, you're four times the champ, you won Fargo, that's great, but are you going to be a national champ, NCAA national champ, right? That's next. Yeah. And always, always, always pushing for more. And a lot of people say, you know, you, you didn't get to, you know, enjoy what, what you did then, but, yeah. You know, I disagree. I, I enjoyed it along the way, but I was always looking to, um, you know, to get, to get better and, and just kind of move on to the next thing and, and, and continue to, I guess, chase greatness or, or, or whatnot um, at East Love. So and, that's, that was kind of our thing. Yeah. And when you do have those hurdles, like, you know, being a four-time state champ and losing Fargo, or even I believe you lost, you were what, 158 and two, I think in high school. Yeah. So yeah. when you have those couple of losses in high school or you lose Fargo, does that, you know, from a humility standpoint, your coaches and parents tend to, to use that for you to keep you in a proper perspective. Mm -hmm. When you are competing as an athlete, what was your perspective on those few high school losses or losing Fargo or whatever it might be? Um, 
I mean, I took them well. I mean, obviously, you don't like to lose, and, and you yeah. don't lose very often. Um, but it's all about your perspective, right? And for me, you know, I trained a lot at um, with at the edge with Ernie Monaco. Um, he was my club coach, and, and Dave Esposito. Um, you know, and then I trained a lot with freestyle with Coach Buxton and, and the Valera guys. So I was always challenging myself, and I was always losing a practice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, was, I was never – and my parents did a good job and then my coaches, they never wanted to create this environment where I was just always winning. And you don't get better that way. And, and you develop, right. you know, an ego or, you know, yeah. some type of personality disorder, so, so to speak, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and I was always surrounding myself with, you know, with, with high quality individuals, um, you know, fellow athletes, but also coaches that were always pushing for more. They always had high goals. You know what I mean? Like Kellen Russell, he was one of my workout partners in high school. Um, you know, Max Shannon uh, Jared Platt, you know, we were, and they weren't winning state titles, but they were winning prep national titles. Right. And they were winning yeah. farther titles with me. So we just held ourselves to a higher standard and not to say that winning a state title is not awesome. It's, it's, you know, yeah. it's the, you know, the epitome of, uh, you know, uh, of greatness you can say in high school whatever right like like yeah. being 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 a, a, a i wish i was player. a state champ i'm not downplaying being a state champ but we just yeah. you know we were just always looking to um you know i guess bigger goals it's um, the age-old it's, saying of you know shoot for the moon you're still among the stars if you miss yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of concept did you did you take losses like officially like only two losses so when you're losing training, did you keep that same perspective on the mat? I feel like some people, when they win so much, they struggle real hard when your losses are few and far between. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't change a ton. Like it, I lost my junior year at the beast. And I lost my senior year at the beast. beast. So those weren't, those weren't two losses. Um, no, I didn't change it. I didn't change much. You know, I was just like, you know, it, it, I'd analyze the, the video and see, see what I did wrong and make those corrections and just keep plugging along and keep, keep training hard. Um, you know, I think it's, and it's something I, I, I preach to my guys, you know, you can't overreact, um, yeah. you know, when you lose, you just got to make your corrections and, and, and stay the course because if you, if you, you know, overreact and, 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 you know, change your ways every time you lose, even if you don't lose often, right. You're, you're going to be, travel in a lot of different directions <laughs> right? it's the so, same with business too like even with, yeah. with business and work in life if you yeah. don't rebound really quickly that loss will impact you for so long you'll miss out on future wins because yeah. you're not able for me if let's say we don't get a client and i dwell on that instead of putting my focus on the client that i can get or should get you yeah. can't dwell on it and, and i i've started to really see a lot of those parallels so when you have this analytical mind, even through high school, I'm even more curious than what led you to Cornell as an athlete and being that you're still there coaching now, if you want to use this as your recruiting, pitch, <laughs> have at it. but yeah. I'm curious what yeah. led you as an athlete to Cornell. So for me, um, you know, the big thing was, you know, just the people you're surrounded with, right? So Cornell um, has such great people. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's a great school. And obviously it's a great wrestling program. We have great facilities and Freeman centers, you know, second to none. We just put a great addition on it. So when I was coming out, I was like, okay, this is the best combination of athletics and academics in the country. There's nobody that compares. Me, right. And, and, and even to this day, nobody compares me in the sense that if you want to, you know, get a, get a first class education, if you want to, you know, get an Ivy League, Ivy League education and wrestle for national championships, Wrestling for you know Olympic and world world championships. There's no other place you can do it. And it's not really comparable, yeah. right? So I knew that I had high goals, and um, you know, comparing all these schools, I was like, you know, Cornell's a place that can get me to where where I want to be. I want to get a first class education, and I also want to compete for uh, you know national championships and and see what I can do internationally and things like that. So, um, you know, that that was my big thing. And then also, at the time, you know, I, I got recruited in 2006. The Freeman Center was originally built. In, in 03 so the freeman center was three years old right yeah. beautiful beautiful facility first standalone facility of its kind um so you know cornell wrestling really you know i guess made the blueprint for wrestling facilities and also uh made it viable for athletic departments to put money into wrestling you know if you look if you look all around the country now everybody's getting a new wrestling room or building their own and, and they're all you know beautiful wrestling facilities cornell was first you know, and then we just free up the ante. Um, we just finished our audition. Uh, all the branding's being done now, but it's, 
you know, once again, the, the best wrestling facility in, in the world, honestly. You know, we have, we have, we have seven, seven mats, seven in wrestling mats of, of space that you can train in. And, you know, I gotta get down there and see that it's, it's unreal. Like no, nothing compares to it. Um, so honestly, a, a lot of the stuff that drew me in as, as a uh, student athlete and coming out of high school now draws me in again, you know, or, or I should say would draw the, the, the kids in again, because, yeah. you know, our facility is, is brand new again. <laughs> I know. So, and that doesn't yeah. happen. Like you said, like Cornell was, pretty much a pioneer in that space and now to reinvent yeah. that and, and maintain yeah. that status yeah. is pretty impressive and it just and, you know and it, it just speaks to you know rob and um you know and his you know his, his mind and and the way that he's really transformed college wrestling right so he's taken the head coaching position of a college program and made it you know really a ceo yeah. um you know yeah. and he's the first person to do that you're no longer just a wrestling coach right um you know, and, and all of us, it trickles down for everybody, right? We're, we're not just worried about going in there and, and, and coaching wrestling. Obviously, recruiting, fundraising, um, you know, building your brand, building your camps. You know, all these things are, are what a wrestling coach is now. And Rob was the first to um, – I, I wouldn't say first to see, but I'd say first to be okay with it and say, you know what? I don't have to be in the room constantly. That's why I have great assistant coaches, you know. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, he's in the room all the time, but it's just yeah. like – I, I can do both. I, I, I can, I can manage to, you know, engage our alumni and continue to build our, you know, alumni, uh, you know, alumni base and um, fundraise like, like a machine and get these guys these great facilities and, and, and recruit like a machine and, and yeah. have great camp systems. Um, you know what I mean? And then obviously have great coaches, uh, assistant coaches that can, can continue to, you know, bring the team along and, and, you know, do all those things. So Rob, like I said, he's the ultimate leader. He's, he's a, he's a pioneer. And, um, you know, I've just been lucky to, you know, be coached by him for five years and then just be my 10th year coaching with him. So, and you met your wife when you were at Cornell, right? So my wife is actually, I met her in in high school. So we we didn't date high school, but yeah, so she, she was a staff girl for the, uh, the local high school. So if I went to my public high school, which is Morrison Mills, she was a staff girl. And, uh, you know, I, I was, we, we were friends for, for a while, and then I, after college, I ran into her at home, and, and the, rest, the rest is history, right? So, so then she moved out there. That's very cool. Yeah. So yeah. speaking about your athletic career at Cornell, so here comes this high school phenom. You know, you're one of the most widely recruited kids in your class, if not yeah. the most recruited, and you don't have the same level of success in college that you did high school. What was yeah. that transition like from high school to college? And what do you think was different from the success you saw in high school to your athletic career in college? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think, I mean, like realistically, right? So I was two-time All-American. I lost yeah. twice in the All-American round to Daniel Dennis and Tyler Graff, right? Not, not, guys, not, everybody not knows. Guys, right? And <laughs> right. I, beat, I beat them both during the year, too. So, um, what, did I want to be a national champ? Yes. But if I win those two matches, I'm, I'm a four-time All-American, right? I'm in that, yeah. that, you know, that sanctity there. So, and I, I, and I you know, it, it's, it's, it's a different, you know, a different story we're telling, right? Four-time All-American. Yeah. That's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty great, right? So, um, I guess ultimately, I don't think I was that far off. Um, but I think that... You know, I think I had, I had such great training and I had such great training partners in, in high school that I don't think that there was much more for me to grow, unfortunately, um, you know, on the wrestling side. I was always super competitive. Um, you know, I, I just, unfortunately, I, maybe I topped out a little, a little too early or whatever it might be. But, um, you know, I did. I mean, I know one thing. I, I, it wasn't from lack of effort. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, no, for sure. And it's always interesting to see the success at both sides right where you see what happens when some kids who don't have a lot of success early on and then become super successful after or vice versa and i'm always curious if it's burnout if it's just like you said for you with guys like tyler graff and dan dennis it's timing it's not that it's not that these guys are so much better than you it's timing what was your expectation going into college was it i'm gonna be undefeated four-time national champ like I feel like that's what everybody says now, but was yeah. that your expectation then? Yeah, I mean, here, you, you got to have realistic expectations, right? So we yeah. have gold meetings every year with our guys, and they come in and say, I'm, really, I'm like, listen, it's not in the cards. You're not going <laughs> <laughs> right. to. You mean, like, you won like two state titles, is like, 
I appreciate it, but you got to be realistic too, right? So yeah. I think realistically, I wanted to, you know, win a couple national titles and, you know, be a four-time All-American. Um, you know what I mean? I think that I knew it was going to be tough, but surprisingly, my freshman year is probably my best year. Like, yeah, I was ranked number two in the country, and if I didn't slip up at Easterns, I would have been the number two seed at Nationals, right? So yeah. um, you, you never know. It's, 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 you, know just, you just never know how it goes, um, you know? So I think uh, it, it, it's a tough question, and I think that um, – I don't think I was burned out at all. The burnout thing, I think if you're enjoying it and you yeah. have a great group around you, you're just going to continue to excel and, and really enjoy yourself. Um, but, no, I think that the guys that – are you know like just really good athletes but haven't been coached well i think those are those are the guys that are coming like, like gabe dean for instance right yeah. not that he wasn't coached well he just didn't wrestle a ton right he was a, yeah. a, a he was a really good quarterback and and really focused on football in high school honestly yeah. right and then he, then he came to college you know he's a really 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 good athlete and focused on wrestling and you know and then and then you take take his athleticism and his toughness and you also put him up at 84 right and, and those are all great you know, all, all, all things that lead to the recipe of him, you know, being a two-time national champ, four-time All-American, three-time finalist, um, you know, and he's still, he's still doing great now. Um, so I think that if you have a guy that has a ton of potential, but um, maybe isn't as coached up or isn't as, you know, I, I would say isn't in a program or isn't yeah. in uh, an area where it's just like, you know, tons of wrestling, you know, he, he, or, or who's a two-sport athlete like Gabe. Um, yeah. you know, then there's a lot of upside. Whereas I was, you know, around the best coaches and, and, um, you know, and, and I was getting great training and all that good stuff when, when I was young. So I don't think that there was necessarily, um, you know, a ton of upside or I wouldn't say upside. There wasn't a ton of growth to be had because growth I was potential. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was pretty much there. I got like, there wasn't things I was seeing that I, that I didn't realize there was obviously adjustments I had to make because college is a different level. Um, yeah. But I, but I was I was on the right track when when I got there. Whereas guys are just like, I don't know what's going on, and then they learn and they end up, you know, just growing and, and doing some great stuff. Yeah, and so. I mean, you did end your college career two time All American, four time NCAA qualifier, two time EAWA champion. Like you have a lot of accolades and you had a lot yeah. of success. What do you re reflect back on when you look back at your college career? <clears throat> excuse me. Do you have some favorite matches? Do you have certain moments that you reflect back on? Yeah, I mean, um, ultimately, I just, you know, I realized as I got older and older that I, and this is how I knew I wanted to coach. I just, didn't, I started to enjoy the team, the team's accomplishments and others' accomplishments more than mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was just like, you know, yeah, it's great. I was a two-time All-American and, and I really enjoy that. And, and, you know, it's something to be proud of, but I really, um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the, the two second place finishes we had as a team, my junior and senior year, you know, I'm super proud of, you know, somebody like Kyle who was able to stay the course and I was able to, you know, be a teammate and also coach him, you know, when he won four, four, four different weights, that was really neat. Um, you know, Frankie Pirelli, who was my high school teammate, uh, my college teammate, I got to coach him my first year coaching his senior year when, when he took fourth place in the country. So that was, that was super cool. So I just started to realize that, um, when I was a senior or, or when I was getting older that I really enjoy, um, you know, my, my teammates accomplishments more than my own. And that kind of, you know, sh showed me that I should be coaching probably and that, um, that I'm near the end of my competition career. Cause I don't really, not that I don't have to fight anymore. It's just that I just, I, I prefer to see others, uh, achieve their, their, their goals. And I, I prefer to help them work towards it than, uh, you know, I guess doing, doing my thing. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and having that passion, did that help? You know, it's funny. I've heard such a variety of answers when I ask people, what was the transition like from athlete to coach? And it seems like for you, it was a yeah. natural progression. Like Gabe Dean said the same thing when he was on here, it was such a fun transition because there was that passion to help others. Like what was that yeah. like from you? So it was interesting for me too, because I always coached like team New Jersey and Fargo when I was in uh, high school and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, sorry, when I was in uh, college. So, I, I mean, I knew I wanted to coach and I, I really enjoyed it. But then my senior year, I tore my ACL um, in like June or whatever. And I was actually wrestling with my little brother getting ready for Fargo. And I thought I just like hurt my knee and, you know, <laughs> just let it, 
let it rest it for a month and start it up again. And then I got sure. an MRI like October or whatever. And I figured out I tore my ACL. So I was like a player coach for pretty much all the whole season, except for like the last month, like late January. I mean, late February and then EIWAs and nationals and stuff. Yeah. So I was a late addition. So I was a, kind of like a player coach. So that even made it more uh, clear in my mind that I wanted the coach, uh, that I wanted the coach at the college level. Um, because I was, I got to view wrestling through a different lens and that really helped me, um, you know, finishing out my career with, with a torn ACL and being able to, you know, win some matches and, and, and get on the, you know, the podium one, one last time. Um, just being able to see, see it through a different lens and, you know, I didn't really struggle with nerves a ton, but just letting go even more being like, there's nothing to be worried about. You should enjoy this because this is your last go around. You know what I mean? Like you should enjoy this. And, and I, I mean, even, even going on trips, going on the bus, going to schools, going to Harvard, you know what I mean? Seeing some cool stuff. It's just like, this is the last time. And I wasn't even competing. They were just bringing me along as a player coach. Um, you know what I mean? So it, it was really cool to see. Um, and then also to, you know, help the guys and just kind of pick their brain. Um, and, and I think that helped me a lot when I was a young coach too, because it's yeah. hard to coach guys that you're on the team with. You know what I mean? It's really, it's really yeah. hard to coach that you're on the team with. So that helped me a lot. Um, you know, my first couple of years where I was coaching guys that I was on team with. So I didn't want to like, yeah, you, yeah. be, you know, Tommy tough nuts. Like oh, we're doing this now. It's like <laughs> five yeah. weeks ago, you, you were with me. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. You know I mean? Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, it helped, it helped me manage that, uh, or I should say, help me bridge that gap. So it, it, it was really cool. And it was, it, it was good. And it's funny how much it, it's come full circle now with you as a coach. You know, I heard you say last year that the team was coming to your house for Thanksgiving. And I know Jan yeah. well, and I know how highly he thinks of you. And mm -hmm. it seems like there is such a family culture at Cornell. Yeah. I had Gabe on here. You know, it seems like especially right now more than ever, there's such this culture of brotherhood at Cornell. Talk to me about this culture that I, you know, I think it's safe to say if you ask any of the young guys right now, like Vito and Max and Yanni, they're going to say you largely helped contribute to this culture at Cornell. Talk to me about what the culture is like there and what you've tried to help bring to the table to that. Well, I mean, I think that, uh, like we're a family, like that, that's the, the easiest way to put it. Right. Um, you know, obviously there's cultures and there's, you know, close you know, close tight knit teams, but we're just, we're just a big family, honestly. Um, our guys really join being around each other. Um, I think we genuinely have each other's backs and have, you know, <clears throat> we have the the best for, for each, for each one of us, like in our heart. And we really want to make sure that we can do anything we can, whether it be academics, if you need help, you know, in the classroom, if you need help in the wrestling room, like we ultimately just want to make sure that, um, you know, from a coaching standpoint that these kids have everything they need, but just from a community standpoint, um, you know, I want to take care of these guys. I want to treat them like they're, they are my son. Um, you know, and, and ultimately that, you know, bring that, that family aspect. It, it's a family because I have a little boy, you know, my wife's pregnant with our, with our second right now. Um, so I want to make sure that I'm surrounding my family with quality, quality, quality kids, you know, and, and that's, that's the biggest thing for me, making sure that, uh, we bring in wonderful kids that are just going to buy into this family and are just going to really uh, flourish, you know, they're really going to flourish from being, um, you know, part of this family. So it's not really that difficult if you bring in the right kids. And that's what we do. We do a really good job of recruiting the right kids and the right families, right? Because you're not yeah. just recruiting kids, you have the families as well. So doing a really good job of that, um, you know, bringing in the right kids. And then, and then yeah, the big thing that we do is we, we get them, you know, get them indoctrinated fast. So, you know, the, the kids, they, they come on campus and, you know, it's like, listen, you're coming over the house. We're, we're going to have some dinner. We'll watch a movie. We'll, we'll uh, you know, yeah. watch wrestling. Or we'll watch, uh, you know, the, the Khabib fight. We had a bunch of guys over for that. Just just getting the guys around, um, you know, what, what I do personally, around my yeah. family, get them to, you know, get their guard down and, and allow them to really just open up and, and, and be themselves fast as possible because as soon as they can do that then they're really going to enjoy their time they're really going to um you know show their teammates and show everybody you know who they really are um you know like they can let, let their guard down and, and, and relax and, and enjoy themselves and and feel feel like they're part of the family and, and feel you know welcome as soon as possible so that's really what, what, I, what i like to do and 
you know, my, my wife's huge. She's probably, um, you know, more of a reason why and, and probably and she's the one who tweeted back at me. And I'm like, all right, guys, you know, I've, I've had 83 yeah. people on this podcast or 83 yeah. episodes. Like, tell me who you want to hear from. And she jumped out. I'm like, that's right. I should have Mike on the podcast. Yeah. So you yeah, can yeah. see yeah. how so, actively involved she, she, she is. Contributes, she contributes to the, the family aspect, probably, uh, you know, just as much as I do. Um, yeah. You know, she loves having the guys over. Um, you know, she comes to practice all the time with Declan and Declan's running around and, um, you know, she's like a, a team mom, I guess. You know what I mean? She, yeah. she really, she likes to just chat, chat the guys up and see what's going on. And I think the biggest thing is it's just not, um, that, that we do as a staff is like, I understand that you gotta, you know, be invested in the wrestling and, and the academics and stuff, but you gotta be invested in their lives in general. Yeah. You know, I, like we, we, we really care. We really care what's going on. We really care, you know, how's it going? I, I care how's it going. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So like we, we really, we really care about the kids. We care about their well being. We care about um, them as a, as a whole, not just their wrestling, not just their academics. Um, you know what? I think not that other schools don't do that. I think it's a luxury we have here because we don't have scholarships. So, yeah. you know, I, I feel like there's less, um, less of a perception or, or the kids feel like they're less a piece of meat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to say that the kids at uh, scholarship schools feel like that, but um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe some of them do. So I, I just know that there's no, there's no that tension at all because there's no scholarship money. It's like, Oh, you gave him more money. You care about him more, blah, 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 blah. No, it's just, we're a family, um, you know, and, and it makes it really easy to have, uh, you know, a group of kids that are as great as our uh, Cornell guys are for sure. For sure. And when you talk about family, an important component to family is consistency and timing. And you look at a guy like Rob Cole, who's been at Cornell for what, like 32 years, something like yeah. that. Now? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And you've been in Ithaca now for about half that to have yeah. that consistency and leadership is, is amazing. When you talk about wrestling programs with longevity from a coaching standpoint, yeah. Cornell's right up there. What is yeah. your relationship like, Rob? Like, I mean, I gotta imagine it was fun to go from him coaching you to being, yeah, uh, being a. You're on a team with him, but he's your coach. Now you're on a team with him coaching together. What is your relationship yeah. like with Rob? No, it's good. I mean, I I think that uh, you know if anybody knows Rob, he's, he's uh, super energetic. You know, he's a fly by the seat of pants guy. He's awesome. You know what yeah. I mean? He, he, he's high energy. Um, you know, he's he's all over the place in the sense that he's got lots of ideas. He's always looking to, you know, do something new. And I mean, that's kind of why, and that's kind of how, you know, a good little segue, that's how we got, got the Spartan RTC rolling. Um, you know, the, the new, you know, the, the new name and, um, you know, just that whole thing. Um, because yeah, he's, and I want to talk about that too. In a yeah. Minute. Yeah. We'll get into that, but he's just such a, um, such a high energy guy. And, and that you wonder why we have such, you know, great alumni and, uh, you know, such a great support system at Cornell. It's all because of Rob. You know, he, he's, he's got such a great personality. Um, you know, he's a really funny guy and he, um, he draws people in, you know, he's got an infectious personality. People want to be around him. So for me, it, it was an easy transition going from athlete to coach, um, you know, just being able to learn from him and, and just really, I mean, my, my big thing was just be a sponge. You know, I, I, that, that's, that was the thing for me. I was just so like, important be a sponge, to do that. Be a sponge. So you know, important. just take it all in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Take, take it all in. Um, you know, and then obviously, as you get older, you develop your own ideas, um, you know, but at first just take it all in, you know, you, you need to, to learn from him. He's, you know, the best in the game he does so many things very well that you're going to need to be able to do when you have your own program down the road. So yeah. I've just been a sponge, um, you know, and, and it's been a, it's, it's really been a pleasure to, to just to be, be, be beside him and, and learn from him and, um, you know, just be a part of this program. It, it's been, it's been unreal. Another relationship that you can tell has blossomed over the years from afar even is you and Yanni. You know, Yanni's a hometown friend of mine, and I've had some candid conversations with him and some public conversations. And like I said earlier, I know he couldn't hold you to a higher regard. I'm curious from your perspective what your relationship is like with him. And to that, he's good. Just let him... (laughs) Speaking of Yanni, like... Yanni acts like a second dad to him, so it's only fitting. 
it's, it's only fitting that he wants to come in for Yanni. You yeah. know, I'm curious what your relationship is like with Yanni from your perspective and how you've been able to develop the relationship you have. You know, when he talks about you, it's like, you know, it's funny. We talked about family. I think he reveres you like a father. Like it's, let me talk to Mike or I want to talk to Mike or the one time I remember being on the floor at NCAAs a couple of years ago and he was sitting there with you. I think it was like, it was probably Saturday morning or Friday morning. And I remember just the intent and look, like you can tell talking about being a sponge, he's taking in everything you're saying. I'm curious yeah. how that relationship has evolved to what it is. No, I mean, it, it all started when he lost, uh, he lost the fix at, at flow. Um, and then he started coming down the RTC practices. Yeah. I think he, he wanted to come down, but, um, you know, and Rob was like, Hey, you got this, you know, this kid is, he's obviously pretty tough. You want to ro roll around with them and, you know, kind of show him some stuff and yeah, you know, yeah, sure. So it all, it all started there. Um, you know, and just working with them and he's always been a sponge. You know, we talked about being a sponge. He, he's always been a sponge. He's always yeah. been. Uh, he's a brain. He is a wrestling yeah. brain. <laughs> yeah, no, he really is. Um, and I think the big thing that we have is, is I mean, now it, it's been, you know, ingrained over a long time. But we just have a lot of trust, for each, you know, trust in each other, I, I, I would say. Um, you know, definitely be quiet, but. So the big thing with, with me and Yanni is, uh, you know, when he first got to Cornell and, you know, you, you have that that four month growth from August to November that you, you, you hope that you hope is going to happen and, and you expect to happen with really high level kids. You know what I mean? And that happened for him and just kind of building his mind up and, you know, telling him, you know, teaching him about toughness and teaching him about, you know, what working hard really is and how there's gotta be a goal every day and how there's a, there's, there can be a mental test every day and you got to try to answer the bell, things like that. Yeah. And then you fast forward into the blaze and turns to ACL and, and he, you know, calls on every one of those lessons and, you know, stories and blah, 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 blah. And it gets him through it. And I feel like, I mean, he was always, you know, a guy that had high respect for me and, 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 yeah. you know, and I, I was his coach and all that stuff. But I feel like when, when those things happened and he was able to, you know, you know, depend on me and lean on me and, and I, you know, and, and, and kind of use the teachings that I, that I gave him to, to get through that tough situation. It's like, you know, you, you like how, lived, how often, you lived how up to it. Happen? You know, right. how often does it happen where you, you know, you're, you're, you're training and you, you have all these stories and stuff. And, and then you actually have to like use it like right then and there, like you know, test, right. like the, the, the timing never happens. Like and it never works out like that. It's always like down the road or, you know, like this life lesson I learned from wrestling, you know, when I'm 50. Right. But boom, it happened right down there. And, you know, it just, it helped him immensely. And then from there, he's just like, you know, this stuff is, you know, it's unreal. And, and it just really caused him to trust in our relationship even more um, yeah. than, than it already did. You know what I mean? Because he's, he's the type of kid who likes to have somebody, you know, kind of to bounce ideas off of. And, you know, yeah. because his, that's always dad is, right? His dad's always, uh, you know, when Yanni was learning how to wrestle and, and when his dad, taught him how to wrestle coming up through high school even now his dad comes down and watches practice and stuff um but in high school especially you know he's always looking over to see if, if that was done right or you know if he needs to change something up because he's always looking to adapt and, and to you know make sure his stuff's on point and that, that, that that's that, that's what he loves to do right so yeah. um i was always there for him to you know look over when he was in high school when he was coming up to rcc practices wrestling with them and then that just kept evolving and evolving and now i mean we're what eight years deep i think or, or seven years deep with it he first came up when he's 15 years old now he's uh 21 or 22 so um so yeah i mean so now it's it's uh you know like you said yeah it is like a and you know, it's funny too, like, or whatever it is, whatever, however you want to put it. Yanni has had so much success, so he's easy to put on that pedestal as a fan or a coach. But you know, you've also helped guys like Nashawn Garrett win an NCAA championship, and you're helping guys like yeah. Vito now and Max. And I'm curious, as a coach, yeah, you you need the athletes to kind of pour into you, so you can pour into them and help them. And I'm curious yeah. what it is that you look for in athletes. Where if there's a younger wrestler right now who wants to get the most out of their coach, 
what do you look for in an athlete? What can athletes do to make sure that if they have someone like you, you see certain guys like a Yanni who take as much as they can out yeah. of you. And Yanni does a very good job at setting himself up to receive that. What can yeah. athletes do and what do you look for in athletes to be able to help them to their full extent? I mean, for me, the big thing is just, uh, you know, guys that are, they're giving maximum effort, right? So they're working their butt off, right? They're, they're always giving me everything that they have. And then in return, it's easy for me to give them everything I have, right? So um, it, it's, it's, you know, it goes hand in hand. If I'm, if I'm, you know, getting out of bed and getting up at 7 a.m. for a workout for you, you better be there and you, be, you better be ready to work. You know? 15 minutes prior. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that type of thing, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, especially now, like, not to say it was easier, but when I was younger, like, I, I was fine with that. Like, but now I have to, you know, make plans if I'm going to get in for a 7 o'clock workout. You know what I mean? I got yeah. a little guy, my wife, I got another one on the way. Like, it yeah. requires plans, guys. So if I'm going to get up and you're going to be in there, you better be ready to work. Right. So that type yeah. of thing. So I guess, um, I guess back to your question though, openness from both parties, honestly. Yeah. Right. So a thirst to, to learn from, from the student or from the, you know, the student athlete or whatever. And then the coach also, um, being, you know, open to just pouring into that, in, into that kid. Right. Yeah. And the, the biggest thing for me is, um, it's something that I learned, Obviously, when kids are young, you got to just teach them, and, and, and it's this is how you're going to do it, and you're going to do it because of this, yeah. right? But one thing that I, that I and I've learned from Yanni, right? So I, I and that's that's the other thing I, I've learned a lot from Yanni as well. So it's yeah. it's it, that, that's part of the, the relationship that some people don't see. Like obviously, when I'm training him, right? It, it's it's what I say you got to do, um, yeah. and I mean that's easy. But Yanni will just run through a wall, um, <laughs> right? But uh, but you know just seeing things through his eyes and, and um you know understanding that there's not just one way to do it when i first started coaching i was like we'll do it this way you know but now as i've you know developed in my, my 10 years of coaching just kind of seeing that there's there's different ways to do things and there's different ways to train guys and um you know certain guys need certain things um so uh the coach being able to read read the kid right there's certain guys where you're going to run them through the wall because they're they're grinders and, and and they love to train that way right well there's other guys that you know they get they get injured a lot they're in, maybe they're injury prone so you got to change up their training and you got to you know be be a little more uh you know i guess a little smarter about when you push them and when you pull them back and things like that where other guys are just you know rocks and they can just train hard all the time um so i think that there's there's a lot of trust ultimately there's a lot of trust we have in both parties um yeah. but when i'm looking at a kid Right, the biggest thing is, is they, they they're they're annoying me at times. Yeah. Because they they want that I wish much. I would have annoyed my coaches yeah. more. I really do. Yeah, honestly. But like, hey coach, can you help me with this? Hey coach, can you help me with this? What about this coach? Hey coach, can you help me with this? Help me yeah. with this, help me with this. You know what I mean? Like that's those are the guys that I'm looking for, you know? And then when I see them out there scrapping, I'm like, this kid's got potential and he's up my butt. Like, this is great. You know? And then you start pouring into them and then they pour into you and then um you know, and then, like I said, that leads to a great culture, right? Because then you get kids that trust you, and then it makes it easier. They want to come around for dinner. You know what I mean? It all, yeah. you know, it all meshes together. It all meshes together, and, and it leads to a wonderful, a wonderful family. But it all stems from uh, the relationship with with athlete and coach. Yeah. You know, it all it all stems from that, and then that's where you know the families take over and, you know, um, my wife does a good job and, you know, all, all that, uh, Gabe obviously does a good job. Kyle and his family do a wonderful job with the guys, but it all, it all stems from that, that, uh, you know, player coach, uh, relationship and, and, and developing trust. I think that's the biggest thing, um, you know, and having the student athlete want and want and have a thirst for, for knowledge. And then the coach wanting to, really do his job <laughs> and it becomes like like such a tight-knit thing that i can only imagine yeah. you know when you were competing you mentioned the second place finishes i think it was 2010 and 11 yeah and now as a coach i imagine that not only contributes to that itch to get the team back there but having that family relationship with these guys and wanting that what does that all do for you to want to win a team 
a team championship, not even just getting back to second place where Cornell was when you were there, but yeah. even trying to get that championship. And now, yeah. I mean, you, you know, I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year, but Cornell has an absolute squad of hammers. Yeah. No, you know, I can only imagine what the the optimism and, and excitement is right now for this program. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately I mean, we, we want to win for, um, you know, for a lot of people and a lot of reasons, obviously. Um, but ultimately, I mean, me personally, I just want to, like, I want to win for these kids because they're, you know, they're putting work in. Yeah. And ultimately, I, I, I truly believe that, you know, hard work never goes by the wayside. So these kids have been working hard for a long time, um, you know, and not just in our room, you know, their, their entire lives, a lot of them. You know, you look at Vito, you look at Yanni, you look at Max Dean, look at Ben Darmstadt. Um, you know what I mean? These guys have been working their butts off for a really long time, um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm excited for them to get what's coming to them. Um, you know, but obviously, like we all know, right? You're never giving everything. You got to earn it. You got to take it. So that's that's the big thing. That that's kind of what we're preaching this year. Go out and take it. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Go out, go out and take it. Um, but no, I mean, winning a national title would be huge. It'd be we'd be the. I mean, there's only what seven or eight programs. I think there's what seven programs that won national titles. Um, Something like that. So, so we and, and us being an Ivy League school, right? So it it, it would just be. It would be unreal. It'd be so great for our for our alumni, for our fans, for our you know our institution, uh, for Coach Cole, who's grinded for 30, 30, 30 plus years. I think I think he's thirty two years, right? He's he's been in the trenches, um, taking Cornell from uh, you know program that had one one wrestling mat for practice to what it is now, you know, in in, in a in a dungeon somewhere. Um, so no, there's there's so many so many reasons, and there's so much motivation to to get the job done i mean obviously it'll it'll just even make your recruiting that much better you win a national title right so there's there's so many reasons why um but ultimately i think the 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 top reason should be for these kids to get what's coming to them you know what i mean and Uh, you mentioned what rob was doing in his mind and with the spartan wrestling or spartan combat rtc i want to talk to you about that for a few minutes so for those listening that don't know previously it was the Finger Lakes RTC underwent a major rebranding this summer is now the Spartan combat RTC. Talk to me about what went into that. And, you know, we're in this culture now where RTCs are like just growing rapidly with what they're doing. What went into rebranding the RTC and why did you guys do that? So uh, Joe Desania, he's the the president's uh, CEO of uh, Spartan, right? So Spartan races, um, you know, worldwide huge huge company um he's a cornellian he graduated in 90 i believe and uh we talked about rob and his ability to you know bring people into the program um obviously it wasn't a hard hard i guess sell or or you know a hard hard uh, guy to build a relationship with because spartan right their brand is is built on toughness, toughness is, is yeah. built on you know you know physical fitness just you know, it, it's an, it's an easy easy mesh between wrestling and 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 uh, and Spartan, honestly. So, nope. but yeah, so so Joe's a, a, Corn, a Cornell grad. Um, you know, Rob did a great job of, of bringing him into our family, and he he's you know he's in love with wrestling now. He has, he has two sons that have come to our Cornell wrestling camps for the last three or four years. Um, so, so yeah, so, so long story short, we got him on board, and he was like, you know what, I want to. Um, take the RTC. I want, I want to rebrand it. I, I want it to be Spartan. I want it to be first class. I want you guys to have everything you need. I, I want to, you know, get Olympians, world champions, and, and uh, you know, be, be the best RTC in the country. So he's working hard um, with Rob, with, with our RTC, our, all of our RTC guys, um, and we're, we're just really building. So what we're, what we're, what we're trying to do now is build a, kind of a platform. So um, you know, rtctv.com or whatever it is, uh, you know, our Spartan, Spartan combat RTC, blah, 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 blah. So, um, what we're doing is we're trying to build, you know, like I said, this, uh, platform where you can get technique, you know, workouts of the day, uh, you know, obviously events, we're looking to put an event on in early January. I was going to ask uh, about that. Yeah, you see yeah. the NLWC doing events. You see the Hawkeye yeah. Wrestling Club yeah, doing no. events, and with the talent you guys yeah. have from Dake, Yanni, Vito, the yeah. list goes on. I mean, the event you guys yeah, can put no. on. So is... we're, we're we're looking to put an event on in early January. Um, you know, if we could do if if we could do New Year's Day, that'd be pretty cool. So we're, we're looking into that, but we're definitely gonna have an event 
in, in 2021 in the new year. Um, but, you know, so the, the, the big picture of Rob is just trying to, you know, just give people a ton of content from, from our program. So, yeah. and not just the Cornell side of it, like, you know, the RTC side of it. So they can see uh, what our, you know, our world-class athletes are doing, what Kyle Dake's doing for the day, what's his training schedule looking like today. You know, just giving people, um, you know, this a one-stop shop. They can go to the site and they can kind of get training. Um, you know, they can get a daily motivation from Joe Desenia. Um, you know, so it, it'll tie in Spartan, right, the Spartan family with the Cornell wrestling yeah. um, and the Spartan RTC family. So it, it'll be uh, it'll be really cool. So that, that's kind of, I guess, the brainchild of Rob and um, and Joe and and Gabe. Gabe's really close with with Joe as well. Um, so you know, they're all working and and we're all working to try to get this thing squared away and and uh, you know, kind of kind of be the first, right? So the other RTCs are doing a good job with their with their events, right? But they're just putting on events. We're trying to make it like a whole uh, you know a, a whole whole one stop shop. That'd be cool. And it speaks volumes. You know, so many people, um, you know, I'm working with Sunkist kids on the marketing side. We're doing a website for them and yeah. other stuff. And, you know, yeah. it gets brought up a lot about bringing these big sponsors and these big companies into the sport because there is so much yeah. value for them. A lot of people in the wrestling community, you know, there's a, when Cal was on here, he was mentioned that like, people want to be more, more self-sufficient, but there are still companies that aren't looking for somebody with their hand out. They're looking to say, bring me value. And there yeah. is so much value in wrestling. And to, to your point of Rob kind of being a pioneer in that, I don't think any other RTCs have a brand that came in and rebranded it to be a part of it. Yeah, like, no, that's yeah, huge. Yeah. yeah, no, it is. I think, uh, well, I, I think the biggest thing that it does is get, it gets our, you know, our RTC out there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, you have you have Joe Desenia tweeting about wrestling all the time now <clears throat> on his on his Spartan Twitter, right? So the goal for wrestling right now, especially in the climate we're in, is to reach the masses. Exposure. Right? And, yep. and exposure and becoming more and more and more and more mainstream. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, MMA's done a good job because it kind of took away the stigma that wrestling had. You know what I mean? So so that that's been good. Um, but now we, we gotta keep pushing, right? We gotta keep pushing, and I think that our partnership with Spartan is, is huge, right? Mm. And, and it, once again, right, Rob being a pioneer, right, it makes it, um, it makes the world see that it, it, it's, uh, it's an option to put money into an RTC, right? That, that it could be a, a valuable partnership for both parties. And it could also lead, it could trickle down because from there, it's oh, yeah. like, you don't think Joe's going to want a guy like Yanni to be a brand ambassador for Spartan. Like it trickles down. 100%. It's not just an RTC level thing. When you yep. get these brands, when you get their eyes open, you know, I've seen it with businesses I've been in, involved with where people come in and they, you get roped in, you go to NCAAs <laughs> a couple of times, you go to some of these okay. tournaments, you go to some of these practice rooms, you know, you get roped in. And I think the more brands that can come to the sport to see the value, not just to, to give a donation, but to see yeah. the value and make it more transactional. That's yeah. huge for the sport. The sport needs more of that because there's a lot of value wrestlers and wrestling can give to bigger companies. I don't care if you're a car dealership or you're a fortune 500 company. I think <laughs> yeah. wrestling can bring something to the table. Well, no, I think the big thing is, what you just said too is handout, right? We don't, we don't want handouts because that's just a, yeah. a one, you know, one-time thing. Here's your yeah. donation. We'll see you. Right. Whereas we want these companies to be invested in us. Right. Emotionally. Right. Yeah. Physically to see, to see the, the, the great things that, that our sport can, can give them. Right. And, and to see, you know, like you talk about Yanni being a brand ambassador or Kyle, right. <clears throat> that, that, that can be huge for Spartan. To see what a world champion, a world class athlete, what his day is and what he does, and you know, whatever's going on, right? So I think it's huge for these companies to 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 invest in uh, in, in wrestling and, and really our our high level athletes. And if you talk about going mainstream, you have to, you know, obviously I come from a marketing place, but yeah. if you what MMA has done so right to make it mainstream is tell a story. So if you yeah. want to make wrestling more mainstream, you need the story. You need the Kyle Dake versus Jordan Burroughs. You need the yeah. lead up from Kyle's side, the lead up from Jordan's side. And then you throw in a, you throw in conversations with Nolf and Imar. That's how you bring wrestling more mainstream. It's, it's yeah. storylines. I've never been a technical guy. I got into wrestling 
as a young kid when I wrestled because I loved the WWF at the yeah, time. I loved it. Yeah. And yeah. from there, it taught me so much. And then afterwards, I was watching um, NCAAs and Kale Sanderson became a client. And then, you know, I, I started getting more and more invested, especially in the storylines. Okay, Kale's, you know, a client of mine now. I want to see how his guys are doing. And then you start forming relationships. And it's still, I've never been a technical guy. I think every now and then somebody's like, you know, oh, so-and-so's on your podcast. That's great. Why don't you ask him this technical question? I'm like, because I don't understand that. I'm a marketing <laughs> guy. I love the stories. I love the branding. I, I love yeah. wrestling. And, and I appreciate it all. But you need the storylines. And that's one Absolutely. thing that's missing. If you can bring in companies like Spartan to help tell those stories. And a lot of people say, well, we don't have the money to do this. Bring in somebody who has the resources. Yeah. Right. And, and has the infrastructure for it already because they're doing that for their for their races right now. Right. Yeah. They're telling the stories. They're, they're getting it out there. Right? And if you so look at some of these guys like um, I remember Damon John said it on Shark Tank and it was perfect. He's like, I've created a marketing company just to run my companies through. It's yeah. not to go take on normal clients and do their marketing. It's so that when he buys a company, he runs it through the machine. Gary yeah, so Vee is doing the house, same right? thing. Right. Running it through that machine. So I think yep. the more brands that can get involved, and, and I love seeing stuff like this to see Spartan come in and team up. And I know I'm excited. I can only imagine yeah. some of these matches. You guys got to be having a feel. Have you started trying to put yeah. matches together? Yeah, we're working on it. You know, we got some some cool stuff coming coming away because Joe, you know, there's no place that's off limits because he has races all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, he has races all over the world. So. You never know where we have some of these matches. If you guys aren't like following and, and like tweeting and getting into this, like I don't know what yeah. will do it. But all right. So yeah. last thing I want to ask you about real quick, and then I'll let you go here is, you know, I saw your tweet and I've saw some tweets after the world championships, USA decides not to send a team. What was your thoughts to that? I mean, uh, ultimately, I'm, I'm disappointed right? beyond belief, yeah. but <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed, but ultimately it's USA wrestling's call. Right. So, um, but no, I think that there's a lot of folks that wanted to go, right. Yeah. There's a lot of folks that wanted to go. And I understand that the, the delegation and, and the safety and I'm all for that. I understand that, but ultimately there was going to be 30 wrestlers and we'll say another 20 from delegation. So there's 50 people. I think you could have found 50 people that were, willing to deal with the risk um you know but i think that as an organization usa wrestling couldn't um no. you know couldn't allow the risk to be taken it, it's going to be so this this whole upcoming season is going to be so bizarre with the december world championships nobody knows what's going on for the 2021 yeah. season the olympics yeah. if, so if the, <sighs> i mean the biggest thing for that i tell my guys I'm like, hey, we're in COVID, baby, so be ready to go, right? So yeah. everybody, some people didn't want didn't want the worlds because they were they didn't want the, the trials because they weren't ready for them. Like, my guys, be ready, right? Be ready. That, that's on you. If you're not ready yeah. to wrestle, that's on you. Yeah, you know and if I mean? you look at the top guys, you look at Yanni, you look at David Taylor, Jordan Burroughs, Kyle Dake, you see these guys posting content showing, ready I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. So yeah. it's definitely disappointing. It's one of those things that I'm I'm thankful I'm not in that position because I know there's going to be people, no matter yeah. which side you take, that are no, going to yeah, argue you. Good, but right? so it's, it, it, Either side, people are going to agree with you. People are going to say, you know, how, how, how could you want to put people in danger? It's like, it's their choice. Like, if the USA Wrestling you know, decided to let guys go, um, you know, and say, like, Hey, if you want to go come to the trials, if you think it's too dangerous, then don't go. And that's fine. You know what I mean? But yeah. ultimately they wouldn't, you couldn't just, you know, take the discretion of certain folks and be like, yeah, yeah, I want to go or I don't want to go. Um, you know, it had to be, it had to be, uh, you know, a choice for, for the organization. It's either all or nothing, which I respect. Um, and I also respect the fact that it was just like, no. Right. And had a press conference and that's good leadership. Right. That's good leadership. You know, you, you, you stand by your choice and you, you, you get, you let people ask questions and you, you fire, you fire away and you answer their questions and then that's it. Right. And I think that's really good leadership in the sense that, you know, um, they're matter of fact and, and there's no beating around the bush and, and there's no backpedaling. It's we're not going, here's why that's it. And I can yeah. appreciate that type of leadership though, you know, cause I, I know I, you know, as, as a leader, with, with my guys, I try to be straightforward with them, try to, um, you know, shoot them straight and be like, listen, this is, this is the facts. This is what we're doing it. 
um, you know, whatever it might be. And, and this is this is the direction we're going in. So I can appreciate that. I, I didn't like their message, right? But I, yeah. I appreciate the yeah. fact that they um, were uh, straight shooters. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I've kept you for an hour and I told you I wouldn't <laughs> keep you for more than an hour. So yeah. unless you got anything else, thank you so much for taking some time. Everybody listening, go follow Mike, follow Cornell, support the program. Stay yeah. tuned for this event that like, yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be a cool event. We're, we're excited for it. It's in the works. So, uh, I don't want to spill the, I don't want to spill the beans. You know what I mean? But, uh, it's going to be a fun event. Um, you know, thanks for having me on. It, it, it's fun. It's always fun. Uh, thinking back to the high school days and stuff, uh, and, and college days now it's been 10 years. So yeah, um, time's flying. Man. Yeah. It's I was flying. at church you know, yesterday. Got- my, my pastor was talking about how fast time goes the thing about fast the past 10 years went like that gone yeah, it's crazy i mean heck, my little guy's two and a half and i have the you know another my, my baby girl will be here in uh february so time's flying and uh you can't slow down you just gotta keep enjoying it and uh keep doing your thing my man yeah i love it awesome mike we will chat soon thank you again. all right justin have a great day and that is it for today's episode thank you so much for tuning in i hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as i did if you did enjoy this episode of the podcast be sure to leave a five-star rating review on apple podcast and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes for more wrestling content be sure to follow bash mania on facebook twitter and instagram and follow me i'm at jbash on instagram and at justin jbash on twitter i'll be back with another episode shortly see ya and the beat goes on